the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, April the 23rd, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on April 23, 1616, that was on the old-style calendar, William Shakespeare died in Stratford-upon-Avon. He died on what was traditionally thought to be his birthday, his 52nd birthday, but they weren't sure. They're sure that he died, but they weren't sure. He wasn't sure when his birthday was, but they are pretty sure that he died on his birthday. He was he was a great writer. He lives on in his writings for sure. Today in 1898, Spain declared war on the United States. We responded in kind two days later. Today in 1943, U.S. Navy Lieutenant John F. Kennedy, he assumed command of PT-109, Made a movie about that a few years ago. It's a motor torpedo boat, the Solomon Islands during World War II. On August the 2nd, 1943, you will recall this. He was rammed, not remember the date, but remember it's been talked about a lot. He was rammed and sunk by a Japanese destroyer, killed two crew members. Kennedy, 10 others survived. Their story was told in the movie about how Kennedy swam and helped some of the 10 that survived survive. It was a great story. Very helpful to his very short, unfortunately, political career. I'm not a big Democrat supporter, but I. it was a tragic ending to a life, for sure. Today in 1954, Hank Aaron of the Milwaukee Braves hit his first of 755 Major League home runs. They were playing the St. Louis Cardinals. They won 7-5. to I miss baseball. I said that yesterday or the day before, but I do. Today in 1968, the Methodist Church and the Evangelical United Brethren Church, they merged to form the United Methodist Church. Now the United Methodist Church is in the process of splitting. In fact, they had a conference scheduled for May. I think they've postponed that. I'm not sure. I've been kind of following what they're doing. I have Methodism in my background, and uh, so I care. But they're still a very influential church, the United Methodist, and um, they, they've been torn by the gay rights, the homosexual activists in their organization. And so it looks like they're going to be splitting. In fact, they have agreed to do so, and um, they're working out a method by which that will happen. There are those who want to embrace the sin of the homosexuals and even ordain them to ministry. There are those within the United Methodist Church that say they are welcome, but they are in need of a Savior, as all of us are. I can't hardly see how that's a stumbling block to anyone other than an all-consumed gay activist, but it is. Today in 1969, Sirhan Sirhan was sentenced to death for assassinating New York Senator Robert F. Kennedy. Sentence was later reduced to life imprisonment. Today in 1998, James Earl Ray, he confessed to assassinating Reverend 
Martin Luther King Jr., remember him? Then he insisted he'd been framed. They didn't believe him, and he stayed in prison. He died today in a Nashville, Tennessee prison, or in a hospital. Actually, they'd moved him to a hospital. He was 70 years old. Today in 2005, YouTube uploaded its first clip. It was titled, Me at the Zoo. (laughs) I wonder how many bazillion videos they've uploaded since then. But anyway, it started today. YouTube started today in 2005, officially, with their first upload. It showed the, uh, me at the zoo, showed the uh, one of the co-founders standing in front of an elephant enclosure at the San Diego Zoo. And 10 years ago today, Arizona Governor Jan Brewer, she signed the nation's toughest illegal immigration law. She was getting a lot of criticism. Anytime you lead, you get criticism. She was getting a lot of criticism from the left. But she told the press today, 10 years ago, she said decades of inaction and misguided policy has created a dangerous and unacceptable situation. And she signed it. Good for her. She took a stand. It always costs to take a stand. You know, sometimes if, I don't know, you probably had this thought. I do from time to time. I We see these things from Hillary Clinton and, and her putting, you know, U.S. government as Secretary of State, U.S. government, you know, dealings and the Internet and all of her communications in her closet. She had a server in there because she didn't want anybody to be able to access it. Uh, I mean, that's the bottom line. She was trying to hide what she was doing because she didn't want to be held accountable for it. Well, eventually that all came out and we knew about it and people were just, I mean, ranting and raving and stomping. And I talked a lot about it on this program at the time and, and following. And, and there have been all kinds of other wrongdoings. And it isn't politically left or politically right. There's just politicians get caught up in themselves. They believe their press conference or their press releases. And they do things. They they really do get to a point sometimes where they think they're above it all. And they're kind of above the law. Well, they, there's a reason they believe that. It, it's because often they are. They're not held accountable. Often it's pointed out for political gain by their political opponents, what they do wrong, but they're not held accountable. There are no consequences. And there's a there's an elite class of people, not only in America, but around the world that are in leadership. I mean, whether it's a dictator, like that guy in Korea, I guess he's still alive, but the guy that's running Korea, that kid, that, you know, <laughs> the one with the haircut... But um, whether it's him or whether it's somebody in America, whether it's somebody in Europe, there is this sense, certainly among the dictators, but there is this sense among elected officials that they're, it just, they're a little bit above the rest of it. And we folks out here, when we really question them, they'll say, well, it's complicated. You, you don't really understand. I mean, really, they do. And if they're caught in something, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, there really are no consequences. None. And so we see this time and time again. And as, you know, ordinary folks out here who <laughs> we have to, to do the right thing or else, we, we question that and we wonder about it. Why are there never any consequences? Well, I, I suppose there are a lot of reasons. But one reason is that nobody just has the backbone to stand up and administer the consequences. Maybe they don't want, you know, revenge. I don't know. 
But that's the world we live in, and it's it's a little perplexing sometimes. And you see these things, and you say, "Man, why why are there no kind of these people just skate and they go on and do what they do?" Well, in that context, you you understand what I'm talking about. You you've seen this. In that context, last night on Fox News Channel's Ingram Angle, Laura Ingram, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was on there. And they got on the subject of, I, I didn't see it, but I, I monitor all those programs. I monitor a lot of programs on CNN and all, all that. I try to kind of review them quickly. I can't stand to watch all of them on any channel, but particularly on the far left. But I, I do pay attention to who's on there and what they're talking about. And I didn't I didn't watch this last night, but I, I reviewed it this morning. On the Ingram Angle, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo was they were talking about, in part of the interview, they were talking about the structural reform of the World Health Organization, WHO. And um, Mike Pompeo seemed, I looked at the video twice, he seemed to leave open the possibility that the United States may never fund WHO again. They may walk away from it. Pompeo said, and I quote, I think we've got to take a real hard look at WHO and what, what we do coming out of this. We need a structural fix for the WHO. Well, Laura Ingram responded, a smart lady. She said, if we're talking about real accountability here, the guy who's leading the organization, I don't see how he can be a part of that solution. So tonight, you're not ruling out that that might be one of the requirements for going forward with who. You're not ruling it out. And Pompeo responded, he said, quote, no, I think that's right. Laura, even more than that, it may be the case that the United States can never return to underwriting, having U.S. tax dollars go to WHO. Now, this is a big deal because of the power people on the left that are so supportive of who? Bill Gates, worth a hundred, over a hundred billion dollars now, the Seattle Times said the other day, 104, I think. The Clintons, the the Obamas, all these people are all clustered around this WHO. They're saying, oh, we're going to have an epidemic if we don't, you know, support who? Well, we're having one. And who was covering up for China? And everybody knows that. If they're looking at this at all with any integrity, they know that. So we're just used to not having any consequences. And all of a sudden, not just somebody in a lower level job. But the Attorney General of the United States says, yeah, we're, we, we may never fund them again. That's a big deal in the world scale of economy and, and the political aspect, the global. That's a big deal. And I thought, how refreshing. Not, I mean, these guys, are, this guy's a, a nut that's running who? I mean, he's an advocate, he's a Marxist. You go back and look at his history, and I have, and I've mentioned it before, and I, I won't go through it again here, but I've mentioned it on this program. But, I mean, he, he's he been involved in, in Marxist, far-left lies in his own country, in Ethiopia. That's why China hooked up with him, because they're investing money there. And there he became their guy, and they're the ones that advocated so strongly for him to get this job in the first place. That's how he lives. That's what he's about, is deception. And now all of a sudden, for the first time in a long time, the United States is actually saying, wait a minute, 
We can't stop you from being who you are and doing what you do, but we can certainly stop funding it. And boy, I don't know, I don't know about you, but that's a kind of a breath of fresh air to me. Not out of revenge, but just out of being having a little common sense. Kind of the way the rest of us live. So thank you, Mr. Attorney General. I paused when I I paused a little bit when I saw the image. It, it was the picture was an apparent healthcare worker, scrubs, mask on his face. I pretty sure it was a man, um, blocking a protest sign on a Denver street. There was a car there with a sign on it. And I saw I saw that and I, I stopped and I, I looked because I wasn't looking at it in the Seattle Times or the Denver Post or anything like that. I was looking at it on the tweet of the editor-in-chief of China's communist-run Global Times newspaper. Yeah, he had picked that up. And he put that out worldwide on the on Twitter. And the editor of the communist-owned newspaper, the Global Times in China, was comparing the U.S. health care worker in the scrubs standing in front of the car, was comparing him to Tank Man. Remember Tank Man? Some years ago, he stood alone facing off China's military tanks in Tiananmen Square. They were having all those. It was about 30 years ago. He was, in fact, it was 31 years ago now. But he was he. There was this, all these riots and everything, and the communist government was having none of that. And they were crushing these people, killing some of them. And this guy, was, the picture was taken of this guy standing in front of a tank. I'm sure you'll remember that because it was in the press a lot outside of China. I'm sure it wasn't in the Chinese press very much. Communist Party wouldn't allow that, although, but the people knew about it. The people, they don't agree with their leadership. A lot of them don't. I mean, millions of them don't, but they can't say anything. But I looked at this coming from the guy that runs their newspaper. And I thought, does he really understand? I mean, does he know what he's saying? I want to talk to you for just a minute about that today, because I think what he's trying to say, Rasmussen reported this week, that 60% of the Democrats in America agree with that thought, with his ideology on that issue. It's amazing. Poll just came out this week. I want to take a moment to thank you. Often on this program, we don't even mention our budget. Um, But I think you all know that we have one. If we don't meet it, we just won't be here. And I can assure you there are folks that that would be a good day for them. I hear from them. <laughs> I hear um, I hear all kinds of comments and criticisms about what I believe about things and how we say things, and there is no end to it. But we hear from so many of you who stand with us. And in your words of encouragement, the checks you write keep us on the air, and they're a little bit encouraging from time to time, i got to tell you. Sometimes people just write a note and say, Gary, stand strong. Never quit. We won't until God is done with this. And he isn't yet. I know that in my heart. So we need your help, and we need you to stand with us. Thank you to those of you in Seattle. that We're new in Seattle as of just a couple of months or so, three months now, I think. And um, we're starting to hear from our listeners in Seattle listening to us. And at 1130 in the morning, 
And I want to thank you for your support. We are only able to stay there with your support. And those of you who are supporting us in Seattle know that. And I would encourage those of you who are listening, who believe in what we're doing. If you don't believe in it, then, you know, obviously don't support it. But if you do, and if you feel this is of value, what we're trying to do, I'd like to ask you and encourage you to stand with us. Just go ahead and and step up and be with it. We need your support there. But we need your support everywhere on the ACN stations around central and eastern Washington and in Tucson and in Bakersfield. We need your help. These are perilous times. They're changing times. And we'd like you to stand with us. And I thank you in advance for prayerfully considering that if you don't and for continuing to do so, all of you who do, thank you so very, very much. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Back to the Chinese guy. Powerful guy. He runs our newspaper. Editor-in-chief of China's state-run Global Times. He, he tweeted this on Tuesday. He compared the U.S. medical worker in scrubs to the tank man of T- Tiananmen Square for standing in the path of the anti-lockdown protesters. Breitbart News picked up on this. I saw a story there yesterday uh, that they wrote about this. And what the most important thing I think they said it was a short story, but they said that would make the anti-lockdown protesters the equivalent of the Chinese Communist Party. Well, that was my thought exactly. And Breitbart continued. I forget who wrote the story, but that was published on Breitbart. They continued, which arrested. They they said, well, they said that would make the anti-lockdown protesters the equivalent of the Chinese Communist Party, which arrested tank men and murdered hundreds of demonstrators to crush the Tiananmen uprising in 1989. Well, a woman in one of the cars on this Denver street, she was shouting. I saw the video of it. She was shouting, land of the free, go to China if you want communism. Well, that's something the news editor probably missed, this guy, this Chinese guy. He probably didn't see that because if he would have, it would have given him at least pause, I think. Because he was only interested in trying to create an image and a narrative that's useful to the Chinese Communist Party propaganda. And that's always the case. And I wrote an article about this today at faithandfreedom.us. And in there I included his tweets and and some pictures of, of what I'm talking about today. You might want to take a look at it. But I think he should have read what he tweeted before he hit the send button. The identity of Tank Man was never really known to public because he was so quickly jailed and removed from the public eye. So whoever he was, as far as I know, and and I've kind of followed this over the years because it's taken on a life of its own. And that's why this guy was using Tank Man, as they've called it, because nobody knows who he was. He was arrested and he disappeared. Nobody ever heard from him or knew of him where he was after that. I would imagine he was killed. Maybe he got a virus and died. I mean, who knows what happened to him? But that's the communist way. It seldom seldom works, but they're pretty predictable. It definitely hasn't worked in the case of Tank Man, though. Even though they disposed of him, however that worked, he's still around, and people still remember him, and then this guy brings him to mind again. The New York Times ran a story last year about Tank Man. They, the title of the story was a feature story with pictures and everything. I went back and read it. 
the the title of the story was 30 years after Tiananmen, Tank Man remains an icon and a mystery. And the Times says he has become a global symbol of freedom and and defiance, immortalized in photos, television shows, and T-shirts. They said, but three decades after the Chinese army crushed demonstrations centered on Tiananmen Square, Tank Man, the person who boldly confronted the convoy of tanks barreling down a Beijing Avenue, is as much a uh, mystery as ever. They note in their story, it's a long story, but they note in there that the sense of mystery has contributed to the popularity of Tank Man, allowing people to project their own hopes and convictions onto him. Well, I think all of us get that. And we get that's what this newspaper guy, the editor of this newspaper, was trying to do. Except I don't think he was communicating the message he wanted to. His mystery, Tank Man's uh, mystery, according to the New York Times, enables his enduring presence, making him to be a code for so many Western values and desires. I think they were quoting a professor in that part of their story. But anyway... U.S. Attorney General William Barr, whom I mentioned a moment ago, on Tuesday he took a swipe at state restrictions on citizens during this coronavirus pandemic, indicating not only that people could sue over measures that go too far, but that the Justice Department could end up siding with them. That got some attention. The government overreach is becoming a problem. He said President Trump has addressed it, now I'm addressing it. He likened some of the state orders to house arrest and said he could lead to that could lead to federal government getting involved. Here's what he said, and I quote, our federal con- This is the head of our Department of Justice. He said, our federal constitutional rights don't go away in an emergency. They constrain what the government can do, and in a circumstance like this, they put on the government the burden to make sure that whatever burdens it's putting on our constitutional liberties are strictly necessary to deal with the problem. He said they have to be targeted. They have to use less intrusive means if they are equally effective in dealing with the problem. And then he said, you know, the idea that you have to stay in your house is disturbingly close to house arrest. This is the Attorney General of the United States. He said, I'm not saying it wasn't justified. I'm not saying in some places it might not still be justified, but it's very onerous, as is shutting down your livelihood. And then he said, so these are very, very burdensome impingements on liberty, and we adopted them, we have to remember, for the limited purpose of slowing down the spread that's bending the curve, and we are now seeing that they are bending the curve, and now that we have come up with more, we have to come up with more targeted approaches. So who is Tank Man? It appears the Trump administration is trying to stop the overreach of the far left who do not want to let this opportunity of a crisis be missed or go to waste, as they say, to advance their socialist secular agenda, their global warming agenda. In most cases, the overreach is connected to Democratic governors, mayors, and so on. Not in all cases, but almost all cases. Interesting, interesting comment. Todd Herman is a guy who has a talk show in Seattle on a different station. But he was talking about this yesterday, and he wrote an article about it as well. But after a police officer was murdered by an illegal immigrant, Jay Inslee, governor of Washington State, signed into law a bill that made Washington State a sanctuary state. 
Inslee has consistently supported sanctuary counties and cities. But now all of a sudden he's changed his mind. And this just shows, I'm not picking on, on Jay, but I'm simply pointing out the truth. This has been a big deal. We have to have sanctuary. We have to have sanctuary city, Seattle. We have to have sanctuary state, Washington, Oregon, California. Even conservative states are being pushed by the liberals within them. Even Arizona, who's been traditionally very conservative and still is. I hear from people there who are conservative. But all of us are being pushed by this far-left agenda. Well, on Tuesday, <laughs> day before yesterday, Franklin County Commissioner Clint Didier, many of you listening will know that, especially in central Washington. I know Clint. Clint Didier announced the county, he's a county commission, in a vote of three to three to zero, that county became a sanctuary, a sanctuary county, for private construction businesses and other small businesses shut down by Inslee under threat of prosecution. It's a threat they face merely for existing, they said. Under the new sanctuary status, Franklin County will not aid in the targeting and prosecution of private construction companies. Herman said yesterday on his show, and then he wrote about it later, he said, I applaud Franklin County for standing up to bullies. Inslee's practices practices classism. He's a classist, but no human being is non-essential, certainly not parents feeding their families. In Inslee's twisted worldview, only construction workers with government documentation, let's call them documented builders, are essential. The more diverse private construction companies may lack that form of documentation. Let's call them undocumented builders. And he goes on on and on, and and, uh, he even contacted, I think, Inslee's um, chief of staff or someone. And they're backwatering, but they, they believe in certain things, and they push these things until it runs contrary to their worldview. And again, I'm not just pointing him out. I mean, this is, this is endemic within the far left. They say things, they push things on other people while they themselves do not believe it enough to do it themselves. Whether it's Hillary Clinton, it doesn't matter who it is. And the Attorney General of the United States, Barr, he recognizes that. And he's saying, yeah, we needed to bend the curve. We needed to suppress this. We needed to stay in our houses. We needed to do this stuff. But now that it's over, let's not leave these things in places. Or It isn't over, but now that the curve is bended, let's not leave these things in places because that's the way tyranny starts. That's the seed that plants tyranny. And he's absolutely right. That's what's happening in our world today. Rasmussen asked Democrats all over the nation. They asked him if they if he they asked if if Democrats agreed with Senator Chris Murphy's he's a Democrat from Connecticut recent statement. The recent statement was the reason that we're in this crisis that we are in today is not because of anything that China did, is not because of anything the World Health Organization did. It's because of what President Trump did. Do you know that 60% of Americans, of Democrats in America, agree with Murphy? 60%. 42% of all likely voters agreed. 47% disagreed. Only 71% of Republicans disagreed with that statement. What about the other 29%? That's the world in which we live today, and that's why. We have to keep talking about it. We have to keep taking action. We have to keep praying about it. And by all means... 
continue to pray. Because everything is changing in our world. But God, God is not changing. Things change, people change, places change, friends change, careers change, economies change. God never changes. I'll see you tomorrow.